the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel. He's Ben Everell, and as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game or event. Get $200 free. I am at home in Florida this week. Benny, you have the tough task of going out to Las Vegas. You're sitting on the range at TBC Summerlin as we speak. Ah, we're not jealous or anything like that. I just know you're going to be a good boy all week. No strip for you, no tables. It's going to be a nice, quiet week in the hotel room for you, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's brilliant to be back in Vegas. I actually um, missed this particular tournament last year. We did obviously have uh, the CJ Cup here as well, and I was here for that. Um, but missed this one for the first time in a long time. So it's one I love to come to. And... Can you believe it? I forgot to book a hotel earlier. So everything around Summerlin was booked out, forcing me to stay down at the strip this week. Oh, I mean, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's see how uh, how disciplined I can remain for the week. Uh, you're just lucky I'm not there. You and I have spent many long nights <laughs> at blackjack tables <laughs> in the past. So um, at least uh, you don't have me as a, a running mate this week. We're going to get into our favorite plays uh, for this week's event at TBC Summerlin par 70 plays just over 7,000 yards. You're going to have to make a whole lot of red numbers to be near the top of the leaderboard this week. Let's get right into it. 18 bets, 18 holes. Ben Everill, you're on the tee. Swing away. Uh, well, I am not going to be too exciting here with my first pick for an outright uh, winner here at, at Summerlin. I'm going to go with the outright favorite, Patrick Cantlay. Now, I'll say this. The numbers are way too low to begin. Um, I would Absolutely hold off until at least after round one. You're, you're going to, what is it, plus six, plus 700, plus 800, depending on where you look. Uh, Patrick Cantlay dominates at this course. He's won here before. He's, second. He's never finished worse than eighth in the last few th- trips, I believe. He did have a stumble in the final round last time he was here, but that's very much unlike him. Uh, I think that you probably can't get away from picking him somewhere or putting some, some units on him at some point this week, but I would just wait till after the first round. He's going to be the same scenario after one round that he is uh, here and if someone goes out and shoots a 61 62 which they tend to do here he maybe will get out to 10 11 12 to 1 and that's when you'll get some value on Patrick Cantlay. I love that idea and I think that's a very smart way to go about it Benny because uh, you're essentially hoping he doesn't race out to a 62 63 in the opening round if he does more power to him you're hoping that Cantley goes out shoots 68 69 in the first round he's right there but he's not in or right near the lead and so I think you can get a bigger number because you're right he does absolutely clean up at this golf course two things I really like about Patrick Cantley here specifically he's played it four times He's only lost to seven players in those four events. That's unbelievable, the record that he has at Summerlin. Secondly, Patrick Cantley is a guy who's proved time after time that at non-elite events, he's the elite-level player that shows up. Uh, I'm not saying that any other player shows up and just, you know, gives it a half-assed effort or doesn't really care, doesn't try. Patrick Cantley, though, in his last five starts at non-major, non-playoff events – 
13th or better. I just told you about his record, as you mentioned, there in Vegas. And so uh, you're right. You have to get some sort of investment in Cantlay. Waiting until after the first round or even after the second round is probably a smart way to do it. Hole number two, I'm going to go with an actual long shot here. I've got a lot of guys this week with Vegas connections. This is twofold as well. The first reason, hey, look, you've got to be accustomed to playing desert golf. Got to be accustomed to the altitude a little bit. Just kind of know your way around. The second part of this, look, these guys are humans. These are not automatons who are out there playing golf. Just like any of us going on a week-long trip to Vegas, if you're there on business, it might not all be business the entire time. And so I want guys who aren't necessarily going to be pulled away by the bright lights, big city of the strip this week. Guys were like, yeah, I'm in Vegas, big deal. Either I live here or I come here a lot or I went to college here or something where it's, hey, it's not a big deal for me to get one week in Vegas and go tear it up the entire time. So I am looking for guys who live there. And, and my first Vegas play is Kurt Kitayama, who's getting no respect in the marketplace. 56 in the official World Golf ranking. He is 90 to 1 this week. I'm playing him on all platforms, whether it's outrights, top 10s, top 20s, DFS. I really like Kitayama. This guy is really good. He's won all over the globe, still needs that PGA Tour win. I can certainly see it coming this week. Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of Kitayama, man. As you said, like it's you, you get rocks or diamonds, don't you, with him generally? And this is definitely a week where um, I think the diamonds could show up. I do. I do think that that's when you, if you, again, there's some real big chalk this week at the top. It is likely to contend, but there's, We've had some outlier winners here. We've had some outlier winners. I mean, I, I'll never forget Rod Pampling taking down Brooks Kepka here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Brooks should have won by a hundred that week, but Rod Pampling took him down. You know, like these things happen out here. Andre so Stoltz, there is a chance of some value. One here once. <laughs> yes. yes, indeed, that's what I'm saying. So, like, um, while as while I'm heavy on chalk this week at the top, um, don't be afraid to have a few units here and there down the board if that's what you're feeling. Um, it's Vegas. Take a punt, as they say. Um, all right, hole three. Let me go to uh, – I'll get rid of another one of these chalks. The top five, defending champion, Sung J.M. Look, it's a ball strikers course mostly here uh, to BC Summerlin. The guys who just, you know, pound it tee to green, get it on there, then jag a few putts. He's in good confidence um, from, you know, what he was able to do at the President's Cup, even though the international team lost. Um, those boys are sort of fired up. And I mentioned it last week or the week before uh, – last week that, that coming out of the president's cup last time, um, the international players did definitely got a lift in belief a lift in what they were able to achieve out here on the PGA tour and, and got more of a sense of belonging. So um, I have a lean towards those guys this week as well. Sanjay in top five, you're not getting good numbers, but I think it might be a banker. Man, I thought I was chalky with some of my picks here, but you are very, very chalky, starting with Cantley and Sunjay M. I mean, might as well just go straight down the board, Benny. Hole number four. Uh, like I'm, said, I'm getting there. Okay. All right. Like I said, chalky play here. Uh, traditionally undervalued and a guy that I play a lot because I don't think the markets have quite caught up to his talent level, but not undervalued this week. I actually think he's priced, uh, priced pretty, pretty uh, solidly this week, uh, uh, priced well, but I still like him for a top five play. He was eighth last year, lives in Vegas, practices at Summerlin. Aaron Wise, the guy who's going to take a major step this season. I think he's going to have a big year at plus 330 for a top five. I still think I'm taking that. Again, um, I, I would rather go after Wise because he's shown that he can pop 
in bigger fields with uh, more elite level players. But this field doesn't quite have that 12 top 50 players. I'm still playing wise this week. I still think it's a title contention week for him this week. All right, let's get to hole number five. Where are you going? Well, uh, yeah, I've got wise down as a top 10. So I'm going to just throw that in there. Um, again, I wanted to sort of, I was going to take away from one of my chalks for just to give a bit of variety. We'll get to those in a bit, but since you mentioned him, I'll, I'll tack on. I've got him top, a top 10. I think he, he's someone that you can play across the board. Um, again, a relatively good ball striker, like you mentioned. It's a course that screams one of those ones that, that could see him kickstart that next level golf that you and I have been talking about for a while. Um, with the handful of decent players here to contend, that'll keep his you know levels up and his, and his, his guard up to play well. Um, so, yeah, Aaron Wise, another chalk man to keep an eye on. All right. Well, speaking of chalk, we get to hole number six. And for those who haven't been paying attention over the last few weeks, welcome to Taylor Montgomery Chalk Week. The entire <laughs> public is going to be on him. Look, I'll admit the number is way too short, but I'll also go back and point out that he finished top 10 in each of his last four starts on the Corn Ferry circuit and has finished top 10, a third and a ninth in both of his starts in his PGA Tour rookie season. He's a Vegas guy through and through. This is right up his alley. He's going to have a good week, plus 330 for a top 10. I like chasing that number. I, I don't think I'm playing him outright this week. I think people are going a little overboard on Montgomery, and the number outright is too short for me, but I do want some sort of investment. I'll take him top 10 this week. All right, let's see if I can't get us away from the top chalk. Let me go to a top 40 play, um, and a guy is actually one of our good our good mates who used to get onto the old spaces every now and then. He was geeing me up because he told me about one of your picks this week being an Aussie and that I must have tipped you in. But then he also mentioned a guy I had on my radar that you tend to like often. Keith Mitchell is my top 40 play this Ooh. week. Keith Mitchell, a ball striker, as I said. Um, could see him just sort of popping up out of nowhere with the right the court, right course style for him. He, he, If you take the guys in the field, his strokes tee to green last year, put him up near the top um, of those guys playing this week. So I like having a sprinkle on Mitchell 40s, 20s, maybe even 10s, Keith Mitchell. Yeah, I always like Keith Mitchell. I'll wait on my top 40 plays for a few more holes. I'll go to my top 20s. I'm going with a couple of veterans, desert golf specialists. And so if you've been watching the first couple of weeks on the PGA Tour, you're going, okay, these are the guys who are informed. This is who's playing well. This is a completely different kind of golf course from especially what we saw last week at Country Club of Jackson. You're going to TBC Summerlin. This is desert golf. I want guys who know how to play desert golf. I'm taking a couple of guys who have been playing this uh, as long as anybody in the field, quite honestly. Martin Laird has won here twice in the past, including just two years ago. This is a guy who lives in Colorado now, went to Colorado State. He, he understands how to play at altitude. And the other guy is a Vegas guy. Scott Piercy has six career top 20 finishes in 16 starts at this one. I'm looking at both of those guys, and I'm sort of getting away from what a lot of people are doing because I, I think the public this time of year, even the people that are pretty sharp, the people that know things, are this time of year playing with their new shiny th toys. They're saying, hey, this guy's fresh off the Corn Ferry Tour. I've been waiting a year to bet him. I can't wait to bet this guy. You know what? When everyone zigs, you might want to zag a little. And so I'm going with guys who have just been sitting there on, in the markets waiting for people to bet them for years and years and years. 
But Martin Laird and Scott Pierce are guys that I always like to target in these types of events. Yeah, well, mate, well, I'll go to my uh, long shots then because one of my long shots at 8,000 is Martin Laird, the former champion. Um, again, I was kind of stunned, to be fair, when he, when he did <laughs> win it a couple of years ago here in that playoff. Um, but at the same time, when I looked deeper into it, I'm like, okay, no, this this is his his jam, you know. So, um, someone to keep an eye on uh, in the early rounds, especially. And the other one I've got is I'm going back to the international team, the 6600 Mito Pereira. Um, uh, I feel like that's very good value for a guy coming off um, uh, the Presidents Cup and and you know feeling like he belongs a little bit more and 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 on a course which you know we saw what he did at the PGA when it was ball striking in the beginning like, yes he fell away and yes even at the President's Cup when it, when that final push came to shove he was a little bit streaky but I feel like he can put himself in contention and that's what you need with these guys that struggle on those last final holes they need to keep putting themselves there keep putting themselves in eventually something will go their way there is desert on the left on the 18th hole here so that does worry me in a 72nd hole scenario but other than that Nito is pretty decent, 6,600. All right, that's the front nine. We usually get a dog and a, a beer at the turn, but since we're in Vegas, I feel like there should be like a slot machine at the turn and somebody <laughs> bringing us around to drink. So in any case, we get to the back nine, the 10th hole, and, and I'll do the same as you just did. Uh, very similar. I'm going with uh, a guy who's a long shot and quite honestly shouldn't be. Uh, we always talk about, man, I wish this number was a little bit longer. Uh, this number is much longer than I thought it would be. Like you picking Mito, this is a guy straight off playing in the President's Cup for the international team just a couple of weeks ago. Tenth hole, I'm taking a long shot play outright on Siwoo Kim. You know what really <laughs> struck me, Benny, was uh, our pal John McGinnis, who does a lot of uh, radio and TV, of course, uh, covering golf, former PGA Tour player, told me recently that Siwoo Kim is the most aggressive player on the PGA Tour. What do we know about playing in Vegas at Summerlin? You've got to be aggressive. You've got to go out and make birdies. I like that combination, first of all. Secondly, I think a lot of these international team members are going to be coming out of this thing, even though they lost, brimming with some confidence and momentum. I've got another one I'm going to mention later in the pod, but right now on the 10th <laughs> hole, I'm going with Siwoo Kim, 65-1. to 1. That's a massive number. That's double what it should be. Yeah, look uh – I've got four holes left. Three holes have international eligible, international um, team players. So I'm just going to give you that heads up. I was going to come to this one later, but you've mentioned Siwoo Kim. This is where I've got him to play. Not first round leader, but top five first round, plus 800. Right? I like Siwoo Kim to go out flying with birdies. Just I can see him being the guy that could be on a 59 watch here. We've had a few of those in the past here. As you said, he loves to fly just absolutely hammer it. So um, I like the value there of him being in the top five after the first round of plus 800, but I was just looking for something different because I wanted to fit him in. He's a long shot. He's definitely a player across the board. I just found that quirky one that I liked, but I 100% agree with you. You know, he could win this thing by six shots or he could miss the cut by six shots, but he won't die trying. And uh, when there are birdies to be had like this course, he's going to go after it. He's not afraid. Yeah, again, aggressive player. I will take an aggressive player every time, especially if you're playing him outright. Look, I don't care if he finishes in the last place. It's first or it's nothing when you're playing a guy outright. Yeah. So I, I like the aggressive play. All right, 12th hole, I'm going to get to my top 40 plays, and I've got three of them. And essentially, I'm just going after guys 
who I like in general, guys with good value, guys in pretty nice form right now. Callum Tarrant is one of them. I mention his name a lot these days because, quite frankly, I think he's a really nice young player. I think he's going to be uh, taking a, another major step forward uh, now in his second year as a PGA Tour professional. Uh, Benny Ong lost his card last season, got it back pretty easily on the Corn Ferry circuit. He's a guy that I know you've talked about on the pod, Ben, and, and I like Benny yeah. Ong moving forward. And Dylan Fratelli had a nice week last week. He's a guy that I've been waiting to pop for a, a while now. I think Dylan Fratelli is probably better than most people realize. I'm not quite sure what's holding him back, but I can see him having a nice year as well. All three of those guys at plus 160 for a top 40 this week. Hey, if you bet all three and two of them hit, that's going to be a nice little payday. Yeah, I wish I, I'm trying to find contrarian stuff to what you're saying this week, but you've, you've, you're hitting the nail on the head. I'll, I'll go. I got a guy that I'm was looking. Didn't know whether I wanted to slate twenty or forty. Um, obviously, better odds at twenty. Um, you mentioned him a lot. Uh, again, I think that potentially this could be a course where he's his ball striking sneaks him up the leaderboard. But Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk for me is is a little bit of value around the top twenty, top forty market. Um, I think that he can, can like I have a feeling he's going to be there near the lead at some point early in the tournament, and then we just got to hope he he holds on and stays in that twenty forty bracket. Yeah, I like that. All right, I'll get to the fourteenth hole here. Um, I'm going to be honest; I haven't seen this player matched up in head to heads yet, but. J.J. Spawn is a guy that I target in West Coast events. I get it. Vegas isn't exactly bordering the Pacific Ocean, but we still consider it West Coast. He's played well here in the past. If you can find him as, as a plus-money matchup play, guys who are higher than him on the board, like a Matt Kuchar, a J.T. Poston, a Lucas Herbert, I, I like playing J.J. Spawn in, in a matchup against any of those three. And quite honestly, there are a bunch of other guys right around that price. He's 90 to one outright. And so maybe take a shot on him in some other places, but I think matchup spawn against some of those players I mentioned could be pretty nice. Yeah, I like that. And I'll, I'll just give my weekly uh, sort of Australian insight. There are two guys in this field, or three now, that I use, I love as blokes and I, and I, I would love to see them do well, but I'm not sure that this course suits up well for them and that's Jason Day Ryan Ruffles who just Monday qualified oh. and you mentioned him and Lucas Herbert the three of them are a little bit erratic off the tee generally speaking and there's some desert and problems out here so you might get some some value if you have someone up against Jason or someone up against um, Lucas Herbert as you mentioned now Herbie can put the dots off it but it's hard to to contend if those putts are long one putts for pars or bogeys because you put yourself in the desert off the tee. So um, I'll just throw that out there. Um, and I'll do, I'll, I was going to my first round leader for the 15th hole, um, another international player. I just wanted a way to get Tom Kim in the market. Um, yeah. This is my way. Uh, again, his odds are sort of right in that middling area where they're like, oh, yeah, they're okay, 20 or whatever in the outright scenario. But at the same time, like we don't have – haven't seen him play these courses. We don't know how he'll go, et cetera. Um, but I do think he'll come in beaming, beaming with confidence um, and ready to rumble. I know he's got a lot of Korean media commitments this week off the back of his President's Cup performance okay. in, in the lead-up. So he'll be at the Golden Knights game, for instance, tonight and things like that. So we'll see how he handles the newfound stardom, if you will. Before uh, I, I tell there. you what, the kid is so mature. I've interviewed him a couple of times. What a good kid. 
really good in front of a camera, in front of a microphone. Um, I, I don't expect any of that to phase him too much. I, for my first round leader plays, we get to hole 16. I'm just chasing some big numbers. I think it's a good week. Just yeah, look at some big numbers, get after it, see how guys have played in the past. And one name that struck me as a name that I want to go after and triple digit number for first round lead is Nate Lashley. Plays some pretty good desert right. golf. Uh, he's a guy that shot 63 in the opening round here two years ago, three years ago, 67, last year, 67. So that's a nice little scoring average on Thursday afternoons for late Nate Lashley. So uh, again, uh, it's not just a, Hey, this is a Nate Lashley play. This is a fine two, three, four guys, whatever you're comfortable betting for first round lead, find guys that have some bigger numbers. Can a Patrick Cantlay or Sunjay M completely wreck that card for you? Yeah, of course they can, but uh, I think that there's a good chance of one of these big numbers hitting. All right, uh, we get to the 17th and 18th holes, Benny, and yeah. you ever do one of those <laughs> days where you play two holes together, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna tee off on this hole, and then we're gonna play to that green over there. You ever do that? Yeah, <laughs> all right. I have a few times actually. Yeah, we all have. You know, it's a little twilight. Yeah. We've got a couple of drinks in us, whatever it might be. All right. We're going to play 17 and 18 together. We're going to go straight from 17T to 18 green. You and I together playing these because I have a feeling we've got the same outright play, our favorite outright on the board, to close this out. Yeah, cue the minute work down under, boys. But, of course, here we go. Your outright pick this week. Fresh off another President's Cup, great performance, Cam Davis. Cam Davis can bomb it off the tee, can keep it straight. He is just bursting with newfound self-belief, which, look, I don't pretend that I'm the biggest expert on everything in golf. I like to think I know a few things, but I really do like to think I know the Australian players best. And people laugh at me most of the time, say, so you only ever say great things about the Aussies. But I've always said about Cam, the only thing holding him back was a little bit of self-belief. But he got that in buckets, buckets at the President's Cup. People telling him how good he was, him believing how good he was. And it took Jordan Spieth making, what was it, nine 20-plus footers in singles to turn their match for him to go down in that. You know, like, it wouldn't have mattered who Spieth was playing that day. If you're making everything outside 20 feet, you win in match play. Cam is going to have a massive, massive year. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. I expect he'll win at least one time. I'm thinking it'll start this week. I expect big things, Cam Davis. I'm completely following you on this. Cam Davis is my play, 40 to 1 this week. I had a buddy who's actually out in Vegas, one of our colleagues who got Davis at 55 to 1 somewhere, which if you get that nice. number, absolutely smash yeah. it. I saw 40 to 1. So the numbers are, they're a little volatile this week. But uh, yeah, look, I go back to what you told me two weeks ago. I mean, I'm I'm listening. I'm not just talking on this thing. I'm listening. And, and you have said that Cam Davis is going to come away from the President's Cup with a lot of momentum, a lot of optimism, getting to play. And I was in that interview session where he was speaking uh, with Adam Scott sitting right next to him about playing with his childhood hero, Adam Scott, in the fact that, you know, he's like, man, this is so cool. He finished Eagle Birdie Birdie to win a match with Adam Scott. That's going to mean a lot for him moving forward. We've already seen some guys who are left off that team. No snubs, but they didn't make the team. Mackenzie Hughes, Ryan Fox have won just afterwards. Don't be surprised if some of these guys on the international team, even though they lost at Quail Hollow, come away from this with some momentum. I think Cam Davis is tops on that list. Remember, everybody, 
The Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, any event. Get $200 free. Thanks, everybody out there, for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks pod, sponsored by Bet365. As usual, you can find our podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen. For Ben Everell, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's Shriners Children's Open. Here's hoping you hit the green.